Welcome to the Cracked Pots Podcast. I'm Pastor Rebecca. And I'm still Pastor Chad. And here we are in the midst of a pandemic. Yes. Happy, and happy, joy, joy. Yes. It's what now, May 43rd or something like that? Something like that. I'm kind of losing track of... I don't even know what day of the week it is. kind of a miracle I actually show up on Sunday mornings and remember it's Sunday morning. Well, so I'm able to keep track because it's the day my kids don't have to log on to get their online school stuff. Uh-huh. So like, ah, a day where I don't have to try and teach my kids in the middle of everything else. And what a joy that is, but that's maybe a whole separate podcast. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I think how it's affecting families at home yeah. and and... Um, having your kids home 24-7, how that's going. If you are still working and you have children, especially elementary children that really need a lot of assistance, you are, I feel you and you are certainly in my prayers um, because it is it is an overwhelming load sometimes. Um, so know that you are you're definitely in my prayers because it is, it is a daunting task some days. Some days more than others. Um, did they get the right amount of sleep? Did they not? I, I feel you. We've had the sanctuary closed going on two months now. Yeah. I, almost I, I won't say worship is canceled because guess what? Worship is not canceled. We are doing worship. But the sanctuary has been closed to the public. Yeah. So that's, it's, it's been, and we've alluded to this. Actually, we haven't alluded. We've been pretty blunt. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes worship very difficult. It's, it's a whole new. Preaching to empty pews just, you know, is. Yeah. Well, and I don't know about you, when I preach, I try to kind of gauge reaction and, and I, I sort of feed off, you know, if people are actually responsive, I'm like, that kind of gets my energy going and, and my I've sermon never, winds up better. I've never stood in one place so long to preach. I know, because I'm sitting back here when you're preaching, making ugly faces at you because you run off camera and I'm like, don't do that. Because, I've run off camera far less than... Because trying to adjust the camera is, is not an easy task. Yes, yeah, so I've tried to plant myself a little more. So yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I... I love the energy and the feedback and, um, you know, you ask a question in a sermon and you get no answers now. So, so last, I guess, was it last week? I think, I think maybe it was last week. It was week. this last week. Yes. You were asking a question. I was question. asking a question and. What, what, I even remember what the question is. How, how, do I get brownie points for that? Sure. It was, what's the theme of Acts? What's yeah. the theme text? What's the theme verse of yeah, Acts? The theme, the theme um, verse of Acts. And, it's, oh, and I'm, I'm confident somebody knew it. Somebody had to know it, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. At least I'm going to tell myself that. So I, I think what, um, in to channel uh, Joey from Friends, how you doing? <laughs> like, again, his was a little more pickup line-ish, but how you doing? <laughs> like, in the midst of this, how are you? Um, you know, are you, are you caring for yourself? And in some ways, you know, we're hearing from people who are able to do that in different ways that they weren't able to. You know, the upside of this is um, if there is an upside, and there is an upside. God is in the midst of everything. God works through everything. And, you know, there, there has been some burdens lifted in some respect. Um, there, are less, there are less things on your calendar that you have to pick up and run out the door and go to. Um, the downside, now there's like a million digital meetings. And you go, hey, well, guess what? Everything's digital now, so we can schedule a meeting anytime, and you just have to turn on your computer. And I mean, yesterday, it's exhausting. Yeah, yesterday was my Zoom day. Um, actually, the last two days were my Zoom days. 
Uh, today's a Zoom day this, too. We have this. we have something tonight. So yeah, but it's only one tonight. Yesterday, yeah. the last two days were like two and three things to crack, um, and that was missing some things as well. And the week before, I was at a conference. At a conference, we you know um, not Zoom, but in front of a computer. Um, so there's challenges, but there's there's also some some not so negative things. You know, we're able to people are able to. Uh, participate in worship from places that they were never able to. I mean, my mom loves this, that we're live streaming. Now, we're not live streaming because of this. We just happen to be I've in the been, process. I've been fighting for four years to get us live streaming equipment, and finally it, yeah. it, it happened like right before. Yeah, we were in the pipeline, and everything was in, in progress to get this, get live stream up and running, and then we were forced to use it um, so like my mom loves it because she's in Pennsylvania and she's like, well, I can't see, I can't see worship. Well, now she can. We got a card um, this week from from former members who were here with us in in Florida that moved back to Ohio. Why they moved back north is beyond me. I hope it was for like family or grandkids or something because it can't be for the weather. Um, they were able to watch worship and and like, oh, it was so great. We could reconnect and we got to see the space again. And and I have never met them, so you know, hello to you. Um, but like, yo, this this was so great, and we could you know just connect in some way to to that community. Yeah. Um, well, and, and I found um, at a congregation I served at previously, uh, doing live streaming did keep our our snowbirds connected while they were gone. Um, yep. When they would would head back north for the summer, um, here is what they would do when I was that I was in Nebraska, so they would head south for the winter. Um, and during the winter months, they would tune into what we were doing in Kearney, Nebraska. Yeah. Um, and we would get notes saying it was great to watch the service and blah, blah, blah. And it would just, it would just keep that connection. So this was something we were planning on doing anyway. And it just happened to fall right at the exact same moment as we absolutely desperately needed it. Yeah. Um, and course we had a few bumps in the road just getting the stuff up and running because normally you spend about two months um, tweaking and trying to figure out all the different you know things that are going on volume levels syncing that camera, lag the, the lag. lag of your lips moving and the voice and the sound not being there oh man that drives me crazy yeah but um, so, sorry about that yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, normally that isn't when you don't right. normally go live to everybody in the world uh, that first that first time. You you have a select audience that is paying attention and p gives you feedback and tells you, hey, this needs to be fixed and this needs to be fixed. And we didn't have that opportunity, but you know what? It's okay because we're still able to do. I mean, we're very we're very blessed um, compared to a lot of other. I, I mean, I've got some. Uh, friends who, you know, they're set up in their basement with, yep. with you know, the, a phone or, or their computer camera or something along those lines, and they're doing it that way. And so we're, we're very blessed that we actually are able to do what we're able to do. But it raises questions, of course, as we continue down the road of... You know how how long are we going to do it this way, and what's going to happen when we come back? And, well, and 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 does the novelty of being able to worship in your pajamas Sunday morning wear does, off? Does that wear off? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, this was great for this was great for a month. I can tolerate it for another month, but is this going to be my new normal? 
Yeah. And I think that's I think that's that's going to be a challenge for the church, capital C church, to deal with. Um, well, and I think this is all, but it's also proving a, a very good point in a very horrible way. Uh, one of the concerns of live streaming is that people won't want to come to church. They'll just want to stay home and watch it. I think we're proving that is not how people operate. Correct. And, and they, they desire community, and they, they want to be around people. And this is this is the what you do in, if you can't do that, you live stream. And therein lies the problem, the word community. Yeah. So, so we're talking about not setting dates, um, but in terms of, planning and working a plan and then we will open at some point and reworking a plan and then reworking the rework plan and and we're trying to trying to really hit every single possible angle that we can um in terms of when we open the doors making it as safe as i'm going to use the word as possible because there is no um there's no certainty at this point um but trying to to jump through as many hoops and make things as safe as possible so the challenge is going to be for people who crave community and, and who the church is a community, and, and we're blessed that we can say that our church is a community, that they can't celebrate it in the same way. Yeah. Um, you can't and, hug them. You can't. Yeah. And that, that has been, that's been a heavy, mm-hmm. um, you know, so through all the, I mean, we can, do we have to pass an offering plate? No. Like there's, there's ways around that. Mm-hmm. Um, communion is going to be a little tougher. There's, communion is going to be tougher, but, Okay, we can we can have that discussion and figure out a way to 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 make that relatively um, painless. That maybe is the, I don't know if that's the right word or not. But it's it's that it's that community part. Um, you know the social distancing. Um, I mean, okay, so so you've be, got to in church be at at, at least six feet apart. Yeah, at least. And we've been, uh, Chad learned that there was uh, such a thing as a vocalologist, a vocalologist, um, that there's an article floating around, um, that this vocalologist did a study and she breaks down, um, droplets and vapors that escape your mouth when you sing, um, which then of course creates issues and talking about what the mask masks collect and don't collect and vapors flying in the air and how far they go and you're saying and oh my god like 20 feet it was like 20 feet when you sing there's some variation because like when i sing i guarantee it ain't no vapors going 20 feet because i put a whole lot of gusto into it because it doesn't sound so good but you kind of mumble your songs i've noticed that's a good thing because <laughs> um, if i mumble the song it's gonna feel but i can sing anyway um so there's there's just so many factors that you know, initially you go, okay, so we need to not pass a plate. We need to change communion. And then it, then the conversation becomes, okay, well, what do we do in terms of spacing? And hey, so in the Lutheran church, you got your pew. Well, guess what? You ain't got your pew. Um, because we're not going to be able to fill every pew. Um, so that, pre- that creates challenges. And, you know, to sing or not to sing, you know, sing with masks, sing without masks. How do you, you know, do we perform? How do we preach? I mean, if you think about it, we're, we're going to have to be... That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> well, but I mean, not, not yeah. from that standpoint, but from yeah. the standpoint of both the praise team and us, we yeah. face the congregation, which means we're spitting in your direction. <laughs> it's not the spit that's a problem. The spit only travels... I know, but 
you know, I'm, you know it's, the, it is. it's the vapory. It's the, it's the yeah. I'm sending a whole lot of something your direction. We'll let you fill in that blank. Yeah. And and who, and and, and this, I guess the the problem with this stupid virus is the asymptomatic carriers. And once we open things up and we do open the church up and we start mingling with other people again, it's like I have no idea if I'm going to be a carrier and I'm standing up front spitting at all of you. And I know it's not the spit, but still, yeah. it's the. <clears throat> Spitting, so am I spitting, spitting sermons? Am, spitting I am I wearing a mask when I give my sermon, and I just have my my microphone underneath the mask so everybody can hear me? Uh, you know, what's and we haven't it? tested that yet, so that'll be part of our part yeah, of our testing that, as well. That may make a fun little noise yeah. that you know you get when you put anything against a microphone. So all of this, what has been exhausting has been daunting, and um, I, and and we we aren't sleeping, even though it's yeah. Yeah, so, so this is not a relaxing vacation. No. <laughs> Let's put it that way. No, it's worse. Yeah. Yeah. This um, is not this is not in any way, shape, or form how we want to be doing things. But there's always a but. Yeah. Um, what is re what has been revealed through this? So that's so so I went through this. It's apocalyptic. Yeah, I know. We're gonna drop. She's gonna drop some revelation on you in a little bit. Is no, that, no. I, I just, I just want. I, no, I th that's it. actually what the word means. Apocalyptic means revealing. What has been revealed? So, I went through. I, I think I'm kind of going through like the stages of grief. Mm -hmm. um, that's fair. And I don't really remember the stages. I'm sorry, Christina. I love you, but I don't remember the counselor. So, yeah, I know. Um, so, but you know, I went through this thing where originally it was kind of this. A little bit of a manic. Oh my God! We okay. Boom. First week we're changing. You know, churches. You know, we're not going to be able to close. Well, it was right out. before Easter, first of all. So we right. were still in. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We've got all this to do mode. Right, and we went from okay. I think we we might be able to make Easter. We might be able to make Easter happen, and then it was like boom. Nope, can't. So you kind of go through the. You know, at least for me, I went through that manic phase of okay, we need to do this. We need to do this, and then the midst of Easter and Holy Week, you know, that threw other stuff in. Like okay, so literally it was like no breathing. Um, got through that. We both kind of took a week. I said, you know, Rebecca, take a week and just relax. Like, you just chill. Do, do, do like, sorry, people, do the minimum. Take, take a week of, as a kind of recovery week. I'll take the following week as a kind of recovery week. We're still going to do stuff, but let's just take a week where I'll take on as much as I can. You do nothing, relatively speaking. And then we'll switch that next week to at least give ourselves that chance to breathe after Easter slash Holy Week. And then we kind of went, you know, got back into what is this new normal, which is really bizarre. Um, especially, like I said earlier, as trying to, you know, do school and then work. And so my, so my, so my work day has become like afternoon to evening and I'm a morning person. So I prefer to come in at 730 in the morning and get cranking. And that's been turned, which has been a, an adjustment on a personal level. And then I went through this, you know, I don't want to say, it wasn't a depression, but it was like a, like a funk. It's probably the best way to put it. It wasn't, I wouldn't say depression, you know, it was functional and, um, but it was just. A, well, a, depression takes on many forms. Sure. But it was just like this funk of, you know, what is this new normal? And then over the last, I'd say week, um, there's kind of been this, for me, um, sort of a little 
little shot of energy, imagining what the future is and what the future looks like and where we need to go. Um, and, and, it, and it sort of came out of, one, out of the conference I, was, I watched um, and, and some of the stuff I'm reading. We've been focusing so much, we being the church, capital C, and we church fall, as a whole, church as a whole, and and us as as Emmanuel, um, have been focusing on the Sunday morning experience. What can we do, put together, provide on Sunday morning? Well, guess what? Nobody's showing up on Sunday morning. And, but that's been our focus. So how can we? This has been this has been sort of my transition over the last week or so. How can we? provide for people who don't show up on Sunday? You know, how can we repackage things, not just for Sunday? And, and this, this goes back, ironically enough, or maybe it's not ironically, to, to Luther and the small catechism. Why was the small catechism put into place? So that families could teach and, and study at home. Where? At home. Not in a church for an hour on Sunday, but at home. So where are y'all now? At home. Huh. So how do we, I mean, again, this stuff is like in our Lutheran DNA, but like we, 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 we forgot, we forget about it. You know, so for me, one of the, one of my biggest frustrations with the Lutheran church, and I love you all. One of my biggest frustrations is that like 500 years ago, Luther set this reformation in motion and we really haven't reformed anything since. No, it was, we made these changes and then. Don't, don't change that. Right, exactly. So the church is just really, really holds on to things, and I, I get it. Um, but that's one of my pet peeves in the Lutheran church. You know, we're the original, we're the original reformers. Like, we, cha- like we, we started all this, and then we just kind of like pulled the e-brake and stopped. Well, the other part, so, so like that, that, that reformation, that reforming, that changing is part of our deep down-seated Lutheran DNA. Well, guess what? So is church in your house. So is faith formation in your house. Deeply Lutheran and deeply part of our DNA. And we forget about that. Or at least if we don't forget about it, we don't focus on it. We just kind of push it aside. Um, we go, well, yeah, but yeah, but that's fine. But what about Sunday morning? Well, here's the other reality. What if you can't come on Sunday morning? What if you have health conditions that prevent you from coming on Sunday morning? What if you have, you know, three kids that just Sunday morning is not a holy time to get out the door? Um, and we just say, okay, well, sorry. So we've really had this, we've really kind of started this conversation in its infancy um, of, okay, so how can we package faith for people who can't make it to the, beyond just here's the worship service and go. How can we package faith for you at home? Whether beyond it's the Sunday morning. Beyond the Sunday morning experience. And not to say that we don't want you to hop into the live stream. Not that we don't want you to hop into the sanctuary. You can walk if you don't want to hop. You can, when we open the doors, that you can come in. But if you can't, and for those who can't, what can we do? How can we provide for you? Well, and this was something actually I brought up in my sermon what, two weeks ago. I don't know. Was, <laughs> yeah, whenever it was. 
because time has no meaning anymore, um, <laughs> was you know, I pointed out that we're getting a taste of what life is like for a lot of other people and what it has been like for, for them for a long time, where coming to church is not an option. They just can't do it, whether it's health reasons or, or whatever it is. And for some, that's not going to change in the next month. Like those no. health conditions and current realities are not going to just yeah. so snap your fingers and change. When overnight. some people are able to come back, the people that weren't able to come before still aren't going to be able to come. I mean, that's 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 the reality. So, and and that was always my argument for for why we needed live stream in, in the first place was we have a lot of people that that need that connection and they can't have it, you know, sitting at home or, or wherever it is. And, uh, and, and so that was sort of step one that I was trying to accomplish was, was let's, let's at least get the live stream going. And now we're being pushed maybe a little faster, which isn't necessarily that part isn't, the moving faster isn't bad, uh, into, okay, what are some other things we can do to provide stuff for, for home. And, and and I'll be honest, part of my struggle is I've got some ideas, but it, it it's going to take more than me. <laughs> so, that, so that's that's a want ad, that's an advertisement. So if you have um, some skills, uh, what are you looking for? <laughs> well, let's, let me put it this way. When I put together something that's like one of my video productions or whatever, I am the writer, I am the producer, I am the editor, I am the actor. <laughs> I, am, um, I am, you know, I do all those things. So if there's, you know, anybody that, that wants to or has a background in that kind of stuff, it'd be nice to split some of the work up yep. just a little bit because it, it takes me to do something that's only going to be like, say, half an hour um, to, to edit is going to take me at least... Just the editing process takes a good 10 to 12 hours. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think that's, I think that's, that's the future. I yeah. mean, I think it was this week I talked about the, the revolu a revolution going on in the church. Um, and I think part of it is, is not just how we engage the world. I think that's a huge piece of it. But I think also that, that, that revolution, that re reformation, um, the church reforms about every 500 years. Yep. Um, if you look at the course of Phyllis Tickle wrote a book called The Great Awakening, I think. Um, and in that book, she talks about, I love that name, Phyllis Tickle. <laughs> in that book, she talks about a reformation every 500 years. Well, guess what? The Lutheran Reformation was about 500 years ago. Um, and there was a flag. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Didn't mean to draw that parallel, but well, hey, it there just it is. kind of popped into my head. There it was. Um, well, my 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 text message to you and a few other people yesterday, in the midst of my reading and late night pondering, was, you know, is is this is COVID? Not that God is you know, knocking people off, but is it is it a wake up call for us as the church? Um, is it something for us that forces us to say, okay? what we've been doing is not the intent. Our focus has been solely on Sunday and what things have we missed in the process. 
uh, have we devoted too many resources simply to the Sunday experience instead of, you know, caring for those in need, instead of focusing on how we share the faith um, in our daily lives? Um, it's very Paulinian. Um, I think the Zulu mystic talks about Paul being a tent maker. I yes. Think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, we're to look at thorn for souls. Right. So, I, I mean, there's this thing about not just doing faith on Sunday morning that's deeply scriptural, um, but the church has kind of turned it into that sort of thing. Um, the church has, too often the church, again, capital C, um, lead, can do more, let's put it that way, in the midst of community. I love that we're still doing the soup kitchen. Um, we've, we've made some pretty significant adaptations and instead of coming in and sharing a meal we package it to go and again that drives up some costs for us um, in terms of supplying bottled water instead of you but, know, it, but it fulfills a very definite rising need in the community absolutely absolutely we'll see the demographic in the soup kitchen change a little bit um, but there's definitely a need and I am, I am thrilled to death that we're able to meet that need um, for me that's what church is um, I don't want to say church isn't about worship for me because the worship piece is important. Um, but I think for me, so much of my faith and what I believe and, and the, the root of Christianity for me is that service piece, is that uh, meeting the needs of, of community. And, you know, I always go back to probably shows up in my preaching more than some people would like. Um, you know, how do we clothe the naked, feed the hungry, shelter the homeless, care for the sick? Um, and beyond, well, we'll pray for those things. Um, that should be a given. Praying for those things should be a given. Um, but how do we use the resources that God gave us to accomplish those those missions and those, those callings and those challenges from from Jesus, the gifts that people have, and and yeah, um, continuing to figure out how to, to use those those gifts, even if we can't be quote together at the moment. Um, how how do we tap into those and and continue to to be the church and do what we need to do to be Christ in the world. Yep. Yeah, and, and again, that, that is, that, I think that's, that's such a core belief of mine in terms of the church, in terms of ministry, um, is being the church in the world. And it's really, there's so many challenges right now. Um, Chad sent me a text the other day going, why, why did we go into ministry? I did. And, and, yeah, and, and first I laughed at him, but then I said, no, but seriously, <laughs> I said, most of us, we go into the ministry because we, we truly want to help people. That's what we think ministry is about. We, we, we go into it thinking, I, I, I want to change lives. I want to, I want to you know, I, I want to change the world or at least I'll, my little corner of it in some way. And then you get bogged down in all of the, the daily stuff of the church and you, you don't feel you're, you're actually accomplishing that. I think it's why burnout becomes such a big issue too. Out of an abundance of clarity, that question was not asked as a, what are we doing? No, Why it, it was not. Why do we ever, ever want to do this? No. I mean, it was I asked for the reason that I, that right, what right. Per, you were trying to elicit the response you got. 
Yeah, because I because yeah. I, I I've yet to meet anyone in ministry that is just like I thought this would be kind of fun. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's almost always I want to have an impact somewhere or with something, um, and that's certainly certainly one hundred percent applies to me. Uh, and I and I yeah. knew that. And, and so sometimes I think sometimes I think we need. So I'm reading one of the books I'm reading right now is by Simon Sinek. It's called Start with the Why. He was one of the speakers at the conference, um, and and for me it's why. So why why do why do I want to be a pastor? Why do you want to be a pastor? Why the church? Um, what are, what, what is our what is our basic why? And, and I would venture to say that we would get a fairly broad spectrum of answers, and I and I don't know that we should. Um, for some, I for some I think the churches will. So we can worship, and and I, I don't want to diminish that because I I do that, that is what one aspect and part of that it, yes. spiritual need is real, um, and coincidentally, um, the idea that younger generations don't have that is not true. Um, they're deeply spiritual. They're deeply searching, and I, I don't remember the quote, and I don't remember who said it. I heard it last week at the conference. The problem isn't that that younger generation doesn't like Christianity Christianity is because they don't like the packaging. Yeah. Um, and like, well, yep. And uh, the the younger generation really, at least what I have noted is is for them it's it's put your money where you're going, you know, you know, yeah. it, it, it's what are you you're you're saying go help people, but then I don't see you actually going out and helping people. Yeah. And and how can I you know and and they want to be part of how can I make a difference how can I do things at least I mean of course you know we're making blanket statements maybe not all of them are that way no uh, definitely there not. were I mean when I used to take <laughs> when I used to take kids on uh, our our mission trips in the summer you know most of them would sign up because I promised them we were going to stop at Worlds of Fun in Kansas City and their their primary thing was hey yeah let's go to let's go to that but in the midst of that they would discover that the work we were doing actually turned out to be be more rewarding and and the part of it that that really got them thinking and motivated and saying hey i you know i do i i do like making a difference i do like the fact that i was helping people and and now i'm really glad i came not because we got to go to world of fun but because i got to meet all these people and i got to make a difference in someone's life and I got to see that person be grateful and, and all of that kind of stuff. And that's, I think, really where, where that comes in. And we are going to have a lot of people that are going to need help. I mean, what's, what's the current 30 million, something like that, unemployment? I don't even know. It's, I, I've, I've tried to stop with the numbers. Yeah, it's, but, but it's a ridiculous amount yeah, in a short a, period of time. I know it's a lot. Um, and and the other issue, so in, in working with my involvement with Family Promise um, locally and, and let have been aware nationally and involved locally, um, we know that there's a huge crisis and a bubble that's going to burst in the very near future in terms of homelessness. Uh, so a lot of people who own a home, they're able to just push their mortgage back. So my I have 30 months left of my mortgage. Okay, well... Now you have 36 months left on your mortgage and we'll defer your payments for the next six months. 
That ain't happening with rent. Um, rent is coming due for people. And we're, oh, we'll give you a grace period. Okay. Well, when that bubble bursts, we're going to have a huge influx of, of people who suddenly can't pay their rent. We're going to have a huge influx of evictions, and we're going to have a huge influx of people in need of housing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and our reality is we can, you know, as the church, at least where we are, you know, sitting in terms of, you know, financial and whatever, we can give them food. We don't have the resources to, to give them rent. <laughs> I, had, I had a conversation with someone. It wasn't an all-that-pleasant conversation. About about things of this nature, mm-hmm. and the person shot back with the well, the church can provide for that, and I would absolutely love if that were true. Yes, I really would. Absolutely, um, I wish we could. And but the reality is, there are very few churches um, beyond the mega churches. We, but even even if you put mega, I mean, well, I mean, sorry, Joel Osteen. We may have to defer some of your salary um, if you're willing to do that. Sure, but I mean, like we could pick up a few rent payments. We could pick up a few rent payments. Um, last check, there were I, I think it was 600 homeless students in Martin County or something, and that, that number's off. I know that's off. Um, and that that was that that's going to grow. Um, and we're in a, we're in an affluent area. Um, you know, we're not inner city where you see poverty everywhere. Um, on, we, on a normal day. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're we're you know largely surrounded by gated communities and and the beach and and nice places. It, it's um, and there and but there there are pockets of poverty here. There is the working poor, um, and that's and that's gonna that number is going to really really grow when this is over. That's concerning. Um, both for the church, both, you know, and sh- it should be concerning just people who care. Um, and how do we meet those needs? And, you know, with Family Promise, we're having those conversations now. You know, how do we find a day center? What do we do? How do you house people um, safely in the midst of a pandemic? Oh, oh yeah, there's that. Um, so there's so many, everything is is much more complicated but I think the challenge for the church is to not is to not stand pat with the well. We've always done it this way. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna have to start thinking way outside the box. Yeah, I mean, we we need to just kind of stomp on the box and throw the box away, and and start thinking in completely different ways, which is tough. And it is not easy when you've been ingrained in in certain ways of doing things that even just saying. Well, think, you know, think of something, you, you just sort of sit there and go, um, okay. <laughs> my whiteboard in my office is insane right now with what ifs. Um, and we have not that, but this. And, and it is a little daunting. But here, so, so if you're driving, you know, take a deep breath and, and loosen, don't take your hands off the wheel, but loosen your grip on the wheel because you're, oh my God, things are going to be different. Here's what you know, Rebecca said, stomp on the box and throw it out. What doesn't get stomped on and thrown out is the gospel. No. That doesn't get thrown out. No, no, no. And no. that needs to be, I think part of the reading this week is also about division in churches. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we certainly have that with you know, the multitude of faiths. Again, Luther kind of started that mess. Um, didn't intend to, but yeah. Didn't intend to, but that was a, that you, was never, a you never know where things are going to go when you start something. Yeah. 
Um, so what our, what our core foundation shouldn't be, this is how we do communion. This is how we do worship. This is how we do fill in another. This is where I sit on Sunday. Um, our core doesn't change. And that's, that's, that's gospel. That's scripture. And newsflash, the church has existed for how many years? And there have been pandemics and there have been plagues and there have been wars and wars and rumors of wars. And, I mean, there have been all of these things that the church, the church has survived and, and adapted. And we're at that. We're at. Well, Spanish flu, if you look at all the signs, they canceled church. I mean, uh, they just didn't have church. Yeah. But we're, we're, we're at that. We're at that point again. Mm-hmm. We're at that point again where we say, okay. What is the core? Okay, the gospel is the core. Scripture is the core. Um, and we may, some things may may kind of fly off the wheel. Some may get put back together. Some may not. I, it, it's, it's a, with a lot of things, it's a wait and see. Um, but that, that foundation of scripture, that's where, that's the rock upon which the church should really stand, not necessarily being Lutheran, although I love Lutheran theology. Um, it's not about what song we sing, uh, what liturgy we use, what setting we use. <laughs> um, or even how professional it sounds and looks. Yeah. You know, it's, I, we, so, we, we want it to look and sound good, but at the same time, it's, that, that's not the primary. What, one of the presenters at um, the conference I watched last week, he said, he was talking about how much things have changed. He's like, he said, I would never in a million years present at a conference in a t-shirt and I haven't shaved for I don't know how many days. But here I am in front of my computer having this conversation. Now granted, luckily the camera's off because I haven't shaved since Sunday. Um, I was noticing you were getting a little, little, little shadowy. Yeah, it's, well, it's not shadowy. My chin is more white than shadowy, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but you know, so many things are different. And not to say that you know we're going to start rolling in here, not shaving, not showering, flip flops and you know whatever for worship but you know the things that we presented and put and lifted up as these are important when it really boils down to it they aren't they aren't um i think the challenge for me one of one of the important things for me is is relationships and and you know being an extrovert this whole thing has really been like i need some people um you know sorry for People are blowing up their text messages, um, but that—that's the you know, relationships are important. I think relationships are deeply, deeply spiritual, deeply embedded as part of Scripture. Um, caring for people is deeply embedded in Scripture, and, and having to change the way we do that—you know, uh, funeral services—I mean, drastically different right now um, with how they're having to be performed, um, if they're able to be performed at all. Um, so just so many things have shifted, and yet we still hear stories of the positives that people are going through that have sort of sort of shine through the the darkness, so to speak. Um, well, I guess one of the things I, I I fall back on is is the question Micah asks is what does the Lord require of you to act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with God? It, it's not tough. We, we make it way more difficult than it needs to be. 
I, I mean, in theory, it's not tough. Well, I just mean the, yeah, the yeah. you know, in terms of we what, what, what does God want from you? He doesn't mince words of what he wants. The, the, that's, that's what he wants. Now, our execution of it is another story. <laughs> well, again, I, I, again and I, I use this analogy all the time, but I think it's so, so real. You know, God gave ten commandments. Jesus is like, y'all can't handle ten. I give you two. I give you two. <laughs> Love God, love your neighbor. Right. And even that, we can't agree on how to do that. That's, you know, other things get in. Love of money gets in there in between love of neighbor and love of God. And, and like, our jobs and careers. And, and we, we end up putting so many things as barriers. And you're right. At the core, it's so simple. Whether it's Micah or whether it's, you know, the greatest commandment, love God, oh, yeah, and love your neighbor. Yep. That, that's it. Like, like, it's it. It's not sing this hymn. It's not show up at this time. It's, it, it's And it's, not that those things, again, aren't, aren't important things to do. And yes, you know, we are called to gather together. We are called to be, be in community together, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Um, so, so we're not by any means or stretch of the imagination saying that that's, that's not important to, to the, the faith walk. But at, at its core, it, you don't hear, I mean, you hear Jesus a lot when he is speaking at the temple or whatever, but you don't hear a lot about what was actually really kind of going on around him. You hear his message instead. And, and you, the stories are about how he interacted with people and the relationships he had with people. Um, I don't think we really have a good anywhere in scripture outline of here's what Jesus did in a worship service other than we knew at one point in time he sat down in the Moses seat and and gave one of the shortest sermons ever <laughs> you know right. read read scripture and then said this has been fulfilled in your hearing and sat back down um, and that sparked all kinds of fun things there but you know we don't know oh and they sang this particular song or hymn or whatever it was it was we don't know we know there was singing of hymns they did it at the last supper they sang a hymn before they took off the the mount of olives um it's but it's kind of one of those things we're trying to say this is this is how it's supposed to be done the early church didn't seem concerned with preserving or telling us exactly how that was supposed to look and as we're going through Acts right now, I think that's kind of a yeah. important thing. You see, you have you have Paul who who is going into the synagogues. You know, that's his his initial thing is I'm going to go into the synagogues. And hey, guess what? I'm going to get kicked out of the synagogues. Maybe <laughs> thrown um, in jail. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm you know that's that's that was kind of his the way way he approached it because it's what he knew. And he kept being kind of forced out, and was it was sort of a okay. Well, you gotta you gotta reimagine how to do this, Paul. Jesus wasn't really all that well liked in there either. No, well, they did kill him. I mean, yeah. And reality is, we probably wouldn't really like him either if he were here, and and saying the things to us that he was saying to people of his day, we we would not like him. No. I don't know if we did that out loud. We just did. <laughs> we just did. And, and on, uh, we didn't just admit it out loud, but we recorded it. Yeah. It's true, though, be because, you know, one of the things, so, so, the, so we have law and gospel, mm -hmm. and there's two uses of the law. 
And one of those uses of the law is to act as a mirror. To say, hey, you. And, and you know, sometimes you look in the mirror, you don't like what you see. I think... I think so he held up as, as a mirror and to protect and preserve life. Yeah. To, you know, say, hey, killing people's bad, don't do it. It's a law. <laughs> and we need to protect and preserve life because God likes life. So, you know. Yeah. But yeah, those are the two two uses of it. But then of course then the question is how does how does gospel come in? And there are a couple of different ways to look at that. Um, one of the, the things I always tell people is when, when you talk about law and gospel, you have to remember any given text can be heard either way. Yeah. That for one person, it's law. For someone else, it's gospel. Uh, the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Well, if you identify with the rich man, it's law. If you identify with Lazarus, it's gospel. So it kind of depends on your location. We did an exercise, um, it's a really poignant exercise, where you, you split the room 50-50. Mm-hmm. And you say, you all are Lazarus. And you all are the rich man. And then you kind of read through the story and stop, and you let them, let them kind of dialogue and, and role play a little bit. And what you find is you find, you know, the Lazaruses really quickly get into those, you know, those platitudes about homeless people. And, oh, well, you're just lazy. That's why you're here. Blah, 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 blah. And then the, the homeless people that are the, the homeless man, uh, they, they throw back you. You're just you're just rich and don't care about anybody but yourself. And it, and it creates this tension. Well, then you re- keep reading the story, and what happens in the story? The story flips. You know, suddenly Lazarus is the one who who has the the prime the premier position, and the rich man is not so much. The thing I always love about that story, though, is that the rich man, his first response when he realizes where he is is oops no it's not even oops it's to order lazarus to go get him water it's to still treat lazarus as a servant his first thing is i'm really hot and i'm dying hey lazarus go get me some water yeah he doesn't do it yeah lazarus is like oh yeah sure let me get that for you come on it's so anyway i have no idea where we started or where we are now um other than the 48-minute mark. Um, thank you for sticking with us this long. We've been podcast delinquent for... Very long time. A very long time. Um, part, of, part of this, um, what can we provide? How can we move forward? How can we provide content? I think we'll be doing this more frequently than uh, a six-month hiatus or however... Maybe it wasn't six months, but it seems that way. And we it's close. I think the last one we did was Christmas. Okay, there we go. And it's May, um, so. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you. Um, but I think we recognize that these are challenging times. Um, we want to be a resource of, of support in whatever fashion it is. If it's a prayer request, get it to us. We'll certainly in, specifically include you in prayers. Um, if it's other needs, you know, please let us know. Um, you know, we we want to be. Um, a church of action, a church that, that steps beyond our, our walls and says, hey, there's a need in society, and if there's a way that we can meet it, we're going to try and meet it, or at least connect with resources to meet it. Um, so please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, 
Do you have any other closing comments? I think that's all I got. That's all I got. My brain is mush. My brain has been mush. It's just, yeah. So These are certainly challenging times, um, but they are times in which God is still very much present and active, uh, both in the world and in your life. Um, we wish you well until next time. All right. See you. See you, everybody. Oh,